I'm Justin Barsha, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Episode of the Moto X Pod Show coming at you. Episode 138 tonight. We're gonna have AJ Catanzaro on, Kyle Chisholm, and Matt Winters, who is Shane Mechareth's mechanic. We've got DJ TJ in studio. We'll talk to him in just a moment. Uh, I want to thank all of our sponsors. Obviously, our title sponsor, Fork One Racing, for staying on board for 2020, along with Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Aturbies USA. X-Brand Goggles, Works Wheels and Mods, and Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting, everybody on board for 2020 to make this thing keep going, keep Moto X-Pod show growing. DJ TJ, what's up? Man, just in town, finally, for at least yeah, this man. week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to have a guest in studio once in a while. <laughs> a guest. Yeah, yeah, guest. I've um, officially been demoted, demoted to guest. Demoted to guest. How you been, man? Doing good, man. Just busy, busy, and... Um, Getting ready for Monster Cup, the Supercross Finals. Yep. Supercross Futures Final. Yep. Because Doc is racing. Yep. So we'll be out. I hadn't even got tickets to go there. I, I, didn't huh. even, I hope it sells out and you don't get to watch. I, I'll just call Sean. Oh, not Sean. What's it? I'm sorry. Um, my brain pulled up. Sean Bill. Who? The guy who runs Future, Supercross Futures. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sean does the yeah media side for us. Um, yeah, well, uh, what do you expect? What are you thinking for... The, the racetrack going two directions. You think it's, think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an no big deal. issue. I mean, it'd be funny kind of like if somebody has so a this, yes. Joker Lane type issue, but like really. It can never the be The biggest top. thing is as long as nobody gets hurt because the track's backwards, which I oh, don't think it happens. If anybody gets hurt, the people will hurt say anyway, it's because of the Supercross track going backwards, but it won't be. <laughs> yeah, Does that so. make sense? Yeah, I mean, Supercross, yeah, yeah. people get injured practicing all the time. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad for another race. I um, can't wait for Supercross to actually start. It can't get here quick enough. So, this is a little taste after Red Bull Straight Rhythm, which, uh, once again, we are pre-recording. So we've actually already done some of the interviews. We've already talked about Red Bull Straight Rhythm a little bit. So we're not going to touch that on that in the intro. Um, this is kind of like a Quentin Tarantino movie where it's out of order. Should we, are we going to just like, like Dude, we should we should have put the commer- like the interview at the beginning and the intro in the middle. Where that's how we're recording it. Yeah, that's what we should have done. Yeah, but so. but Tarantino would have done that. But he's he's a little bit better not at much life than me anyway. Um, hey, so last week I mentioned the uh, Works Wheels and Mods giveaway. I asked you guys to post pictures on Instagram uh, and tag us and Works Wheels and Mods, and we had a few people do it, and I screenshotted them. And because I clear my phone out all the damn time, I accidentally deleted them. And you can't go but back but so far on Instagram to look at, uh, you know, tags or mentions or whatever. 
So I need you guys to do that again. Do it again. If you want to work, win the, the Sarah coding from Works Wisdom Odds, tag us again on a pick. What's up, TJ? What are you saying? Oh, I thought you were trying to get my attention. Sorry. No. That's cool. Um, so do that. And we are doing the Patreon giveaways. I'm starting that probably over this weekend. I'm going to start posting on our Patreon account how you can win stuff from Torque One, Shock Socks, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, a Churbies, and X-Brand. We're going to be giving stuff away to, and, and maybe even a helmet painting from Extreme Colors to our Patreon supporters. So if you are not supporting us on Patreon.com, first of all, you suck. Second of all, can't win. Now, I understand if you guys can't do it, you don't totally suck, but maybe just suck a little bit. Um, I think we've got a really good show. Well, I know we got a really good show because we've already recorded it. So really some good stuff coming up here in a few minutes. Um, anything else, TJ? Because I don't really have a lot for this intro. If you have anything... No, I'm just excited for this time of year for all the off-season races and all of that. And I'd also like to give a like a grand welcome to Williams Moto Works. That's W-E-R-X. X. Yep. yep, Williams Moto Works has come on board to be one of our sponsors. And and if you know anything about engine building and whatever, you know this guy does some of the best works done work for all kinds of great teams and to have companies like that come on board and support us along with a Cherubis is one of our Cherubis a Cherubis a Cherubis dude if you listen to the Cherubis commercial with Tyler Internet who's rode for them for years yeah we did 25 takes on that because he couldn't get it right well he 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 didn't like certain things he said or parts of it would get messed up but he said a Cherubis a Cherubis a Cherubis like every time or Cherubis sometimes in the he, there, I think he says the word twice in the commercial. And he says it different, and he said it different on one of them. And he was, it was so funny. Like I great. have some outtakes. I actually posted a couple of the outtakes. My favorite from when I was the parts guy was back. We had we had a KTM dealership at the time, and um, that the uh, Akropovic pipes, Akropovic, oh, yeah, yeah. the yeah, yeah. Uh, the guys trying to say that. Right. And it's yeah, it was awesome. But anyway, it's a Cherbys. But yes, the, the Turbies X brand and Williams Moto Works are on board for 2020. Those are some new ones. Yep. Um, the Williams Moto Works ones, we, we're working on a commercial for that tonight. So it's not com- up on the new commercials. It's not on the website yet, but it will be. But yeah, we want to support we'll, those guys. We'll just send it out to him, make sure he thinks it's not re- too ridiculous, and then we'll <laughs> go from there. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, yeah. I, I laughed. Like for real. Like literally he's reading the script that I wrote and started laughing. And I'm yeah. like, I knew I had a winner. So, um, all right guys. So we're going to go to our first little break. We'll be back with AJ Catanzaro. We're going to talk about his, uh, his fun weekend at Red Bull straight road. We'll be right back. What's up guys. First guest of the night is brought to you by all sport dynamics. When riding and racing dirt bikes, protection is key. All Sport Dynamics are hands down the best wrist braces avail- available. Trusted by many top riders such as Weston Pike, Joey Savacci, Adam Cincerillo, as well as National Football League, Major League Baseball players, and top bull riders. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email darksidemx3 at AOL for pricing. On the line with us, one of the stars of this year's Red Bull Straight Rhythm, AJ Catanzaro. What's up, dude? What's going on, guys? Not much. So, um, what a ri- what a night, huh? I mean, not let's not even talk about the near death experience, but just as a whole, um, dude, you got a lot of hype. You seemed like you had a lot of fun. That was a really really cool event. It's just a cool event in general. Um, I think Jeremy at Red Bull does an amazing job, and I think the whole two stroke thing last year was a great idea, and obviously it caught on this year. You saw 
pretty much every top guy was there. So just goes to show that people want to do these one-off events. I think for us, it's it's a nice change of pace to not be at a Supercross race where I don't know it's it's taken too seriously in in my mind. I yeah. Mean, show up and people aren't talking to each other and it's not the most friendly vibe a lot of the times and, and straight rhythm was the complete opposite. Everyone's joking around with each other. You get like two hours of practice on Friday, which takes a lot of the pressure off. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I had, a, I know it's easy for me to say cause the past two years I've done really well, but I have a blast there. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, you know, the, tr- the teams don't, well, they're not really the teams there, but they bring the box vans instead of the semis a little bit. It's a little more open to the fans. Uh, it, it kind of re- makes me think more of like how the ca- Canadian nationals are where the riders get along the fan. It's yeah. Like you say, it's just more, it's more, um, grassroots almost. Yeah. And Jeremy actually doesn't allow the teams to bring their semis, oh, nice. which I think is a cool idea. So, um, the riders are forced to be out and about. And I think at this type of event, they want to be out and about. It's a, it's just a cool change of pace. I mean, everyone seemed to love it and it's, I think viewership this year was way up from what it's ever been. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it keeps being a thing. Um, so, you know, they obviously the last couple of years, they, well, last year they started, there's a couple of guys that did the retro uh, theme, you know, basically promoting or giving uh, props to some of the, the, the greats this year, everybody pretty much did it. Um, how difficult was that getting that package together? I know, you know, Travis Pastrana fairly well, but I mean, it looked like you might have had one of his actual chest protectors. I don't know if that was all, you know, <laughs> his stuff or like, well, how was that process getting that together? Yeah. So last year I did the James Stewart thing, mm-hmm. which obviously went super well. The video went super well. Um, and then Luke Renslin did the McGrath deal yeah. and he did a really good job with that. And I think honestly, it just got people excited and it got the gears turning and people had a bunch of ideas and it just, um, Jeremy at Red Bull and Kevin Kelly, I know the guys announcing were kind of giving credit to Luke and myself for inspiring some of that, which I think is awesome. Absolutely. It's almost like, I don't know, for me, it's like Halloween as a little kid. You get stuff <laughs> as, as your hero. And yeah, it's, uh, man, this year was a lot of work as, as, as was last year, but it was almost more pressure, I think, because oh wow, last year we went into it without any eyes on us and we were able to make something really, really cool happen. And this year, all I could think about was how the heck am I going to one up this? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but Jeremy and myself kind of were brainstorming a little bit, and I brought up the Pastrana idea. And right away, I, you know, I talked to some friends about it, and I it just made me even more nervous because <laughs> everyone was giving me crap about filling James Stewart's shoes. That's not what I'm trying to do. Sure, I'm trying to pay a tribute. Yeah. But then when they were talking about filling Travis Pastrana's shoes, and they're like, "Oh, well, you have to do this and do that," and I'm like, "Oh, geez, here, okay." Yeah. Um, and it just, Jeremy got me in touch with Travis, who Travis ended up being absolutely amazing. I went to his house, we filmed the whole video, um, and Travis is everything you would ever expect from him and more. I mean, he's the nicest human being I've ever met, yep. which says a lot considering his, he's way more famous than any other motocrosser that exists. And, you know, half the famous motocross guys can be a little standoff to a lot of people and Travis gives everybody the time of day and he made me feel like I was a part of his family right away and um I, I mean we just had a blast it was it, was it looked awesome. like it yeah absolutely so uh, I had a few questions watching y'all out there obviously having fun having the smaller trucks and and all that not as much hype and like a little more laid back 
what's something that you could see from an event like that that you could actually implement in Supercross to get the like the crowd more excited about or just to make their make it better for the racers and riders and stuff like that hmm. uh, just uh, for the sport as a whole and you're not talking about me personally right no no i'm talking about for, for for supercross in general yeah <laughs> make the pit make the pits yeah. more accessible maybe you know that's that's one thing i think would be just that more free atmosphere that you talked about would be a lot i think a lot cooler for supercross yeah, I mean, the, the fans obviously love that. Yeah. Although, for riders, that becomes tough. Sure. Um, I think a one-off event is cool, but when it's a, a series and guys are taking it really, really seriously, there's millions of dollars on the line, um, you do have to get away and you do have to focus. And I think fans need to try to realize that. The, the one time that the the fans are seeing, the only time the fans are seeing the riders are on race day when that's it's down to business. I mean, we're risking our lives and the top guys there's you know there is millions of dollars on the line so it's, it's taken very serious um i i think having a little extra practice time is cool because it, it takes a little bit of the pressure off um and i think honestly it just makes it a little bit more safe we've seen knock on wood it seems like less injuries at straight rhythm than a typical supercross where you're pressured into going out right away and in eight minutes you have to at the track totally figured out yeah does it help you on the week on like supercross weekends where you get to do press day and all that stuff does that make a difference for your whole weekend oh for sure i mean well coming from a guy that like this last year i i didn't ride preseason and i didn't ride midweek during the season i only rode on the weekend so <laughs> the uh the races that i had press day were coincidentally well not coincidentally the only races i made the main events at because it was uh-huh. just extra practice time interesting it wasn't necessarily me learning the track because i'm very good at that anyways but it's just seat time is seat time and the more the merrier for me but i think for all the riders it just makes it safe yeah uh, you don't have to go out and jump some crazy triple or quad on second lap you can kind of work your way up to it yeah that makes a lot of sense uh, yeah i think i could see where just yeah like you said track time I mean, gate drops are one thing, but track time and seat time, there's no, there's no way to, you, you just can't do anything without it. I mean, you got to have that. So yeah, I think press, I think, I feel like press day should be open to every privateer, no matter what, every weekend, like maybe there's some reason they don't do that. I don't know what it is, but I know there was times, I think last year, or maybe the year before where you were trying to get press day. I think, I'm pretty sure you were, the, you were, you and Dave Jakes were talking about, trying to get some on press day and maybe they didn't get you in or something. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah. So when we were having a bunch of meetings with Feld right after the whole Lime Gate yes. incident, this was one of the things that was brought up is what kind of, what is the deal with press day and how does the invitation process work? So each of the factory teams are allotted X amount of press days and they're scheduled preseason for everybody besides the factory guys. It's essentially a free for all. There could be a system that makes sense. They should allow you, X amount to use throughout the season. You have to give them the rounds you want to do beforehand. They could schedule everybody in, so it's a done deal. Um, but what ends up happening is it's a week by week thing where a bunch of people are calling and texting the guy that's in charge. Sean. And yeah, and it's just not well organized. I think they could do a better job of that. Um, hmm. And it's not really fair. I mean, right. there's privateers that were doing it every single weekend. That shouldn't be allowed either. I mean, you, there should definitely be a limit, and should they because it is such an advantage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if if there's 
if somebody if one person's getting limited then yeah everybody should be limited for sure um well let's let's talk about uh supercross coming up you know do you have plans for 2020 yeah so jason at sgb racing who was the title sponsor one of for straight rhythm um for myself jerry robin and jeff walker yeah he's going to be running the supercross team this year for us uh, okay which is awesome i mean the, the last two years sorry i just had a protein shake oh, yeah. no problem issues over here no problem um he, the last two years i did title sponsors for each round which I did all on my own. It was a lot of work, super rewarding, and it, it worked out extremely well. Um, so for this year, Jason's going to handle everything, which takes a lot of that pressure and time consumption off of me, which is good. That's cool. Yeah. So do you know, like, what round you plan on doing the whole series? Like, what do you have anything set in stone right now? Yeah. For myself, I'll be doing uh, Kawasaki again. And I'll be. 450 uh whole series awesome good 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 for you man yeah so hopefully I, I say and i'm telling everybody i plan to ride and train a little bit more coming up to the season what happened last year was i was booking classes just non-stop and i ended up booking classes all the way up to a week before anaheim so oh yeah i only rode one day before anaheim and it was kind of hectic I'll- this year I'm running into the same problem, but I'm really going to try. It's hard to turn down money, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to try to turn down some of it and just focus on myself a little bit more. So I, you know, I, I just want to be able to get results that I, I know I can get. Yeah. So to tell the listeners how to get a hold of you and book more classes, how do we do that? No, no more classes. He needs to race, man. <laughs> yeah. It's been thankfully amazing i know there's a lot of riders uh, privateers especially in our sport that struggle to make a living and i've been very very lucky i don't want to say lucky i i'm good at what i do as far as teaching but um it's been insane so i'm trying to take advantage of it while i can and the economy is good people are spending money um and you know what i'm going to make the money while i can yeah absolutely i want to touch on a couple other things before i let you go but i need to back up because i did kind of skip over the near-death experience we talked about where you kind of, uh, you know, got a little out of shape. I think you you wheelied off the 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 step the stair step and uh, maybe OJ'd a little, and then it just kind of went Travis Pastrana. Like they they said you were the epitome of Travis Pastrana at that point. But man, um, you got lucky, dude. Yeah, and Travis was so pumped about that. <laughs> <I> bet <laughs> he was so excited. Uh, you know, so what happened in watching it back? I was very frustrated. I didn't. I thought we were side by side. I didn't realize I had as much of a gap on him as I did. Um, so what? Ha- I went to triple that little dragon's back thing, especially in the 125. You're supposed to go triple, triple, and then jump up onto the dragon's back tabletop or all the way over. If yeah. You could. It was hard on the 125, and it was especially hard on the right side because the first lip was was just not as steep as the left. So when I went to triple in clipped it just a little bit and I could have very easily tire tapped the next triple and took my time and jumped over. But I thought it was side by side with him. So I got impatient and then I just started skimming up. And when I skimmed up, I lost track of where the top whoop was. And to do it properly, you have to get in the pocket right before that last whoop so that you can obviously jump up over. Um, I lost track and I ended up blowing through the top whoop. Didn't think it was the end of the world. I thought the tabletop was a lot less than it was. Yeah. So when I kind of torpedoed myself into it, I just lofted the front end over, 
thinking that my back end would soak it up. And as soon as my back end hit it, it exploded me off the bike. Right. Like I, I, I was lucky. I didn't instantly let go. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it, 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 like I said, you got lucky. There's so many things that could have went wrong in the first part of that incident when your feet were in your Superman airing. And then even when you were getting back on the bike, you could have easily landed on something off the track uh, you know, so many things could have happened. It held the fact that that yeah. two stroke suspension, you know, off that huge jump soaked all that up. I mean, everything was just lucky. Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot that went into it as well. And a lot of people I'm seeing like on my feed are arguing over whether it was luck or skill. Okay. And this is kind of how I break it down. So the explosion of my feet coming off the pegs, the Superman aspect of it was a combination of one, I'm, I'm strong, so I'm going to hold on to the bike no matter what. I think there's some people that would have just let go right then and there. But that was lucky. I mean, I was lucky that my feet didn't flap over my head because then I would have been forced to let go. I was lucky my feet didn't come down beside the bike. Yeah. That that was lucky. But then as soon as my feet came down, now my feet are dragging, and now it's I'm dealing with a whole other set of obstacles, which is, okay, I'm going to launch this wall jump. There's no way around the fact that I was going to launch the wall jump because I had so much forward momentum and I couldn't get my feet back to the pegs in time to hit the rear brake. So this and this part, I like to say, is a little bit of where the skill came in So and experience. I mean, I've had incidences that have been similar to this. So mm-hmm. my feet are dragging. The first thing I knew naturally what would happen is you would whiskey throttle. Hanging off the back of the bike like that, 99% of people would have grabbed a handful of throttle. I would have got myself killed i would have landed in the crowd something really bad would happen yeah so i somehow was able to not turn my wrist and simultaneously i was actually able to drag the front brake a little bit Hmm. um just to slow myself down a tad and i was also aimed way right so if you watch the video back i kind of do this weird this weird swerve right at the top yeah yeah get myself back back left at least a little bit and then in the middle of the air, I just I did all I could to pull myself back to the bike. It, when I got my feet on, I positioned them. I hit my rear brake. I grabbed a downshift to third because I knew landing in fourth gear from that high up, I would just bog down and it would hurt like really, really bad. So third gear was just a little bit more oomph to get me out of it. And then luckily, SGB suspension made the decision to go not just super cross suspension, but we went a step past that. So... I've never ridden with suspension that stiff in my entire life. And I, I honestly think that's what saved me on that landing. Yeah, that's really, I didn't know that. But like, yeah, that you, you that process you're talking about after going off the speed check of getting back on the bike was the most impressive thing of the whole thing. Because you clearly had time, to, you're talking about it, to think about all that stuff when somebody like myself would just be like, oh shit, I'm dead. Like that's, that's all, that's the only thought yeah, that went through if, my head. If we would have rode out of that, it would have not been any thinking. You would have been like, ah, I almost died or, and I just got yeah, lucky. Or I did die. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah was... it's amazing people you know people probably think i'm making a lot of this stuff up but anyone that's kind of experienced a situation like that at least for me time does kind of slow down yeah I and mean, i was able to make a lot of decisions in that very short amount of time that's really cool there was there wasn't really a whole lot of panic somehow i mean one way or, or the other i've been in a situation that's somewhat similar to that you know, I, I've done the Superman thing by mistake. <laughs> I whiskeyed off the face of jumps by mistake. Right. I've just about done it all. So, well, uh, um, something I noticed is um, you had a lot of support uh, for from Lap Kings, which are some good buddies of ours. Um, talk about the Lap King guys a little bit and what they've been helping you out with. 
Yeah, so Lap King right away was somebody that hopped on board, which I was pumped about. It was a it was a company I had heard of. I just wasn't um, super familiar with what it was, and they've been making like basically as we're going through this process, they've been coming out with a bunch of updates. Uh, it's it's essentially like a telemetry unit for your helmet. So I, it's comparable to Lit Pro, but the one thing I'll say that is way cooler than the Lit Pro is it's it's simple yeah <laughs> and it gives you lap times which even for me as a pro and i'm doing this at the top level i had a lip pro uh system and it was way too much information and i'm digging through a bunch of things to try to figure out what i wanted which was just my lap time hey i the, i just want to lap king, no, go ahead go i'm ahead. sorry go ahead aj the, the lap the lap king unit is it makes it competitive. You go against your friends and it shows your lap time, which is the only thing I wanted from that anyway. Cool. That, that's what I was going to say. Cool. The, the great thing for that lap king is not only can the pros like you and the fast guys use it, it's also fun to be able to beat the lap times of your buddies. Yeah. I mean, you go to the front, like they sent me a couple of units. I can go against uh, my training partners. Right. I can show them on my students. Um, just that little competitive edge is is pretty darn cool. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, I think it's awesome, and they were they were at the event and supporting me, and yeah, um, pretty awesome. That was cool to see the, them get some um, some national, uh, you know, attention from the back of your jersey and everywhere. That was really cool. We have a, a link on our website, motoxpodshow.com, for those guys. If any of our listeners want to check it out, um, and then of course I want to ask you about uh, the collective experience with Dave Drake. Are you doing that again this year? Yeah, and Dave Drake's is one of my main sponsors for Straight Rhythm as well yep. with the collective experience. So we're going to do the fan experience program this year as well as we're going to bring back the internship program, which that's cool. last year, uh, man, there were some people that got some pretty cool experiences with the internship, like thinking that they would show up and be dusting off my helmet or kind of hanging around, which still for the fan is cool. Yeah. Um, but these guys are thrown into like, I'd say at six or seven of the rounds, they were actually acting as my mechanic. <laughs> so, awesome. you know, bringing me down to the line and uh, washing my bike in between motos <laughs> and a lot of stuff nice. that interns would normally never get the experience to do. And these guys were like, you know, I'm lined up next to Tomac and they're on the line with me like, holy crap, what's going on right now? That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a really fantastic program. And if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's the collective exp.com. Is that right? Or do you know? The Collective XP. XP, okay. We also so have a link to that on our website, so if you're listening and you want to check it out. But it's a good way to get involved, and you guys can help, you know, the, the listeners can be kind of somewhat be part of the team, and it helps the rider, the privateers out, um, you know, financially, and it's a really good thing. I think these privateer programs are super, super important for our sport. Yeah, and that's what's cool, too, is um, most of it, pretty much all of it does go to the rider. Yeah. So you know that when you're signing up for this, you're not just – signing up to something uh, through Feld and it's going to a, a billion dollar corporation that all this money is, you know, coming right back to the privateer. So myself and Tick Knapp, uh, you know, a bunch of the top privateer guys you can get in on. Right. Awesome. Well, AJ, I know you need to get, uh, get back to resting up and preparing for uh, the, your race season. And uh, we're going to let you go, but thank you so much for coming on tonight and giving us a little bit of your time. I'm, I'm glad uh, everything went the way it did at Red Bull straight rhythm. And uh, honestly, Build some pressure for next year. Can't wait to see what you do next year. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad I'm still alive. Yeah. AJ, thank you so much, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, take care. All right, All right bye. Bye. AJ Catanzaro. Um, 
I haven't really had a chance to talk to you too much, TJ. What did you think about Red Bull Straight Rhythm? Um, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to make it there next year. Yeah, I'm kind no of kidding. hoping that it's close to the Monster Cup like it is now. Right. If it is, maybe I can make like a, a week. If I'm off work or whatever, I can go down there for two weeks and be down there the, the whole time. It'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a really cool event. Um, how did they top it? Like, did, well, does, does the two-show thing play out, or is it able to carry um, it a few no, years? No, I think they keep doing that. Um, John Anderson mentioned last night, one of his he, – he brought this up on I, when I recorded the Pulp MX wrap-up show, that, like, he'd like to see maybe three wide or four wide, so you actually see a little bit more – there would be some passing more than maybe there'd be two or three guys where they're kind of a little bit of back and forth. Oh, that'd forward. be cool. That'd be a kind of a cool thing. But that clearly three would be a lot be more really dirt, cool. a lot more money – but it's all. I, I really. I don't know if it'd be that much more dirt and that much. I mean, as far as, as far as they could get more people and they could get more riders. Yeah, maybe because there were guys that didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No That's doubt. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's some pretty quick guys that didn't. Yeah. Make and then it. the podium would be pretty easy. Right. Because and then the first, basically, the first rider to win two races out of out of the three, so you may get three or four runs out of three guys right. if they were that close. I really enjoyed it. There was a point where. I started zoning out just a little bit because it's like, okay, here we go again. So, you know, it, it, it's just a little bit monotonous at a point. But I think I like the idea that John had of adding another rider. I think that adds a little bit of aspect to it. But I think it's because it's a one-off thing. It, it wouldn't work every weekend. I think we we kind of talked about that a little bit last right. night too. But it's it's a cool event. It's just something else to go to. And I, I don't really mind that Jason Anderson and Eli Tomac aren't there. I, right. I don't that, care that's about that point. at all. Yeah. But so yeah, I think it was cool. I enjoyed it. But um, I don't it know. Was, I don't know how you top it, but hopefully it'll keep it going. It, it was fun, like I said, and I genuinely believe that it's a good event. Yeah. And the three wide, when you said that just now, I'm like, oh, I'm in. I like yeah, that's again, that's a John Anderson W with W wheels. Well, John thought. Anderson's a genius, obviously. Yo, yeah. Have you seen his wheels? Yeah, I got a set. I got three sets of them. Yeah, I so, don't. Yep. Ooh, yeah. You want a hot take on uh, Chad Reed? A little discussion on Chad Reed. We talked about that last they night. They sent some Honda wheels to him. Not necessarily, but he sent some wheels to him. He wouldn't give us – John actually wouldn't tell us what they were, oh, but I, he kind of hinted at some stuff. If anybody wants to make it take a bet, I would definitely probably say it's going to be haunted. I actually know the answer because we did talk off the air. I know. But, um, I don't know not, the answer. Just for the record, as I'm throwing yeah. this out there, I don't know, but as soon as we stop recording, I will know and see if no, I'm No, I'm not going to tell you. But um, <laughs> if anybody else wants to know, you can te- you can te- uh, send me a message on Instagram, on the Moto X-Pod show. Instagram, I will tell you. I just won't tell TJ. All right, let's go to break, and we'll be back with Kyle Chisholm. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kyle Saki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo Senya. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland. 
2017 works in Heron Heron Champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to best dress, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series Goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. Back after our commercial break, our next rider is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into one of the choice goggles for many of the top privateers like Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, as well as our next guest, Kyle Chisholm, and 2017 Works Champion and Heron Hound Champion, Gary Sutherland. Visit eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. Like I said, X-Brand Goggles brings us uh, Kyle Chisholm. What's up, Chiz? Uh, not much. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Really great to talk to you. Um, I don't think I've talked to you since uh, probably Millville, which... Um, wasn't probably or was not millville uh ww uh, ranch ww ranch yeah. yeah and that uh, um that was not a fantastic day for you i don't believe <laughs> no the couple of outdoors i did with stuff you know i didn't ever plan on doing any of them and then kind of last minute got that call and i was like sure i'll come race but you know i wasn't prepared and you know normally um if i was racing outdoors i'd be riding outdoors and you know that you know probably in april sometime you know you'd be right kind of doing some outdoors during the week, you know, mixing it up into the Supercross kind of routine. And I didn't do any of that until I rode two days, I think, and then went to High Point and raced here for a GGR. And, uh, so yeah, I think by WW, that was only like my fifth day of riding outdoors at all. And not to mention, I hadn't really rode a motorcycle since the Hawaii Supercross, yeah. which was, what, the second week of May. So, because I, like I said, I planned on, Taking you know, a month or a month and a half off, just let the body rest up and get healthy. And uh, just, I've never done that before either. And not that I'm old, but you know, I'm <laughs> 31. So I'm like, man, I, I feel like the Supergrass season progress, progressively got better and better and better. You know, it's coming in off of a, you know, ACL surgery. I was off the bike for almost five months. You know, I had about four weeks to be ready for Anaheim. So, yeah. all things considered, like getting through the Supergrass season. And uh, it just, we ended it good. You know, I never finished worse than, I think, 12th or 13th the last, like, five races. So, um, you know, we got good and, you know, I had a good ending of the season and was healthy all season for the most part. And, yeah, I just kind of wanted to take, you know, a month or so off and maybe hit a couple outdoors if I felt like it. Uh, but depending, you know, whether I did or not, the focus was just to have some time off, spend time with the kids, um, kind of do that for the first time in my career and uh, then have a good off season and come into Supercross more prepared than I have been the last few years. So, yeah. you know, providing everything was kind of set up for me to do that. So, yeah, WW was a tough day for for everybody, or, uh, you know, for a lot of guys. You know, just look at some of the top guys, you know, that have been training and riding, you know, guys that I ride with, you know, like Sexton and Roxon, you know, those guys – struggle a little bit with the heat there and, and we all ride in it every day so it was a not an easy one to uh just kind of jump into and, and race yeah but, it, it, but it's fine i enjoyed it i i want yeah. to ask you because just as a a fan of yours and a fan of the riders and media you know kind of knowing that jgr you know was basically after that race letting you go they they were you know yeah. my feelings were hurt a little bit like is that something that 
does it bother you emotionally at all? Or are you like, it's a business. I know I really wasn't prepared and, and it's okay. Um, I wouldn't really say emotionally it bothered me, but it just bothered me in the sense of I literally dropped everything that I was doing Yeah. and flew up there and, and kind of, okay, everything else on hold. I'm going to go do this because I needed somebody, whatever. And, um, it was a little tougher than I honestly, than I anticipated. I thought I knew it would str- I'd struggle a little bit, but I thought I could, you know, basically jump off the couch and still do. No, I wouldn't even say that much better. If, if I could have jumped off the couch and been top 15, that's what I, what I wanted. And then, yeah. and then work myself into the top 10, say, you know, three, four races in. And I was right inside the top 20 with a, a couple right around 15th. You know, they got a 14th or 15th and qualified inside the top 15 and stuff like that. So for me, it was more not emotionally like of a bummer, but just I felt like I kind of gave up a lot on my end to kind of help them. Mm. And I don't feel like I was really given a fair chance to really do anything with, I, I literally to this day rode their bike I think it's five times that I've ever ridden that bike. Yeah, it was. And it was. It was quick. It was like it was like a day, and I raced High Point, and then I rode two days back in Florida and raced WW. So, yeah, five five days, whatever it was, and two of those days, two of the five days were at Pro National. So, like, how am I? And, and not to mention, I had maybe half a day of testing. Other than that, it was just changes that were made between qualifying and between photos you know, at those two races. So I just was kind of bummed that sure. it worked like I don't feel like I was given a fair opportunity. Um, but on the other side, I do see their spot. I don't really feel like it was maybe the guys on the team. Per, you know, personally, I feel like they're probably getting a lot of pressure from their bosses Coy. On, on everything. And Yeah, well, and even Suzuki, I'm sure. You're not even American Suzuki, but maybe – Japan says it. You're oh, whoever. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I because you know, look, they paid one guy a pretty good amount of money from what I've heard, and he wasn't getting the results that they expected. So I'm sure that was frustrating. And then, you know, to be honest, like I, besides Paula, like and, and I like Justin, you know, Hill. I have no problem with get along with him. But if you just went on paper and looked at results, his results weren't really much better than mine, aside from Paula. Right. So, kind of like, well, gee, you're not giving me any more opportunity after two races and barely any time on the bike, but that guy's rode for you all year for two years and wasn't getting much better results, and you paid him a lot more money than, than I didn't get paid anything, you know, to do those races, just, you know, so we're on the same page. I got my expenses paid and probably made a little extra off the expenses, but, like, it wasn't like they're like, hey, we'll pay you five grand a race Yeah, come do it. it was, I wasn't, I literally dropped everything, basically riding for free, and just went out and did it. So I was more bummed because I see, I know my potential. And yep. with that opportunity, I, all I asked them to do was to let me race the next two races, which were South or three races. I think it was, which were, I don't know. It was Southwick and then Red Bud and then maybe Millville and then a week off yep. or whatever it was. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But for sure, at least the next two. And I said, let me race the next two. I said, even if I'll bring my own suspension or whatever I need to do, just, you know, let me come ride and race the next two races. And if I still suck, then get somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. So I was just more bummed about kind of how it went down. And, and again, I, I know they were probably, you know, getting heat from 
the outside, you know, whatever, or from above, you know, up above their bosses. And uh, just kind of a crappy situation because I like a lot of the guys on the team. I've known a lot of them for a long time. I've known Jay since before I ever turned pro, you know, when he was uh, James's mechanic. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, so I've known Jay since I was probably 14 years old. And, uh, yeah, just a bummer. Like I said, nothing – I have no, like, problem with any of those guys, even now. Just kind of bummed that I wish I had a better, you know, better chance of that opportunity. The other thing I'll bring up about it, too, is I kind of asked to be considered for that during Supercross because they originally were going to have, you know, two guys out on the track, mm-hmm. and they only had one healthy 450 guy. So, you know, I was told so – then they were maybe interested, but then they ended up going with just one guy, with, you know, with Hill. So, man, I just I wish I could have got that opportunity and known it was coming. So I could have been more prepared and just just the way it all went down. It just kind of just not to be. I yeah, guess, like exactly. I said, not really your fault. I just wish I could have had a couple more weeks of opportunity to kind of uh, do what I you know what I think I could have done, but it wasn't to be. So. No, no big deal. Like I said, I wasn't planning on racing any outdoors. Yeah, so yeah. To do a few of them and, and, and all that was, was fine. So it's what it is. Well, yeah, it sounds like you had a lot like mental and stuff to go on to. And, and I hate piling stuff on like that, but um, Darkside yeah. here... He's kind of. Are, are you like, going to do this? I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw him under the bus a little bit. He, like you have yeah. been. Now, hold on. I'm going to say this whole thing. So before we go, I think you have been demoted from his favorite rider, but promoted to a friend. Like, yeah. like, like, because right. yeah. So, so I'm just letting you know, like, like he's been like riding this Osborne train. I, for, I really jumped on the Zacco yeah. bandwagon a little bit. The Zacco bit, bandwagon. Kyle. But I you're think, still my guy, man. But Zach's right there. Like think, you're neck and neck. Yeah. I think you. That's awesome. You got yeah. promoted to friend now. I think he considers no. you a friend, and then now I don't so, know that Kyle knows me as a friend, <laughs> but, but but he talks he talks to you, he talks about like Kyle like like y'all hang out and no, go out and, and, and you're an idiot. <laughs> don't listen to this guy. He's an idiot, Kyle. I just had I just no, had to add to some more some more stress. You know, not, yeah. now uh, Dark Side's on the Osborne bandwagon, so I, I have jumped. I'd rather be friends. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Zach, I definitely have jumped on the Zacho bandwagon, but. Let's get off yeah. that subject. I TJ. just had to throw him under the bus. Sorry, um, I'm out. What do we know? Do we have anything uh, set for two for 2020 yet? I know um, Dustin's kind of working on some things for HEP. I don't know if anything's been yeah. made official yet. Can you tell us anything? I honestly don't know. I okay. wish I could. Um, uh, I kind of thought everything was good to go, but now I'm not sure if it is. You know, the, the Dustin and Aaron, you know, the whole HEP team, we, like I said, it's only their second year as a team. And just from when I got on the team in late November, you know, like I said, coming back from my knee injury, through, you know, Supercross, they were really good about listening to kind of some of my advice and just think, you know, things as we work through the season. And uh, I feel like they made a lot of progress as a team. Yeah. And we made a lot of progress together. And, it was good. So what we had to work with, you know what I mean? So I would say about April, you know, towards the end of Supercross, we kind of had already been talking, but kind of sat down and had a meeting and kind of agreed that we would both like to work together again next year. Obviously they still need to get their ducks in a row and all that stuff. And I, I know how that all works, making sure they get the sponsorship they need and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's back in April. And then fast forward, you know, I did a couple outdoors, 
obviously I probably talk to them every week or every other week, you know, something like that throughout the summer. And then probably about a month ago, I think with the whole JGR stuff up in the air, they have, from what I've understood, they're they're definitely getting, I think, at least what they've gotten from Suzuki. It's a matter of, I think, what JGR ends up doing based on their sponsorship stuff, how it's going to affect the ATP team in terms of like, and this is just my opinion. I don't know. They haven't told me. But just the outside looking in and, you know, rumors, I think if if JGR maybe doesn't get the sponsorship that they're after, maybe Suzuki, I think, maybe have a little bit more budget to throw over at HEP, in which case, you know, they have more budget to work with and yeah. do stuff. And then Suzuki's a little bit more involved and just that side of things. And I, like I said, I don't know any of this or that. Sure. Just from the little bit and pieces that, you know, they haven't personally told me any of that. But just what I've gathered and being around long enough and kind of knowing how things work, I feel like they're waiting to know, you know, let's say JGR's Suzuki budget is X amount of dollars for, you know, this many 250 guys and this many 450 guys. Well, if they end up going, hey, we didn't secure the amount of title sponsorship we need to do for 250s and 2450s or whatever it may be, let's say they're like, hey, we can only do two 250s and one 450. Then Suzuki might be like, well, you know what? That's fine, but we can't give you all of what we were yeah. going to give you. Sure. That's all you're putting out there. So then they might take some of that and throw it to, to another team, you know, and the next team in line will probably be the F team, you know, whatever. So I think for those reasons, that's why they, they, they told me they haven't signed anybody and they're just waiting on Suzuki to know what their budget's going to be. But that their budget would not, definitely not be any less than what it was. It's probably just a matter of, how much it goes up and how involved Suzuki will be right. in that program, you know, and then that comes along with, okay, well, we're going to now give you X amount of funding, but you need to go get this rider or something, you know, maybe. So I hope not for me. I hope I'm included. I told them I want to be included. You know, I kind of thought we were good since April. And then about a month ago, it was kind of, oh, well, we're not sure now because <laughs> we're waiting on Suzuki. Yeah. yeah. So there's nothing that they would like to work with me. Nothing. There's nothing on bad terms, nothing like that, but um, it's just up in the air, I guess. So I'm, I'm hoping they, they said they're just waiting on word from Suzuki, which could be any day. So I'm hoping to know something soon. And I've kind of told them, you know, hey, I got to know. You know, it's already October. Right. I got to know something because if it doesn't work out, I want it to work out. But if it's not gonna, I need time to, you know, make another plan or whatever. So yeah. I'm kind of in hold mode of going with like a plan B or looking a different route or waiting, you know, and it sucks that I really want to ride with them again. I thought we had a good group of guys. Absolutely. And we really had fun and had some success, with, you know, on my part, whatever. And I, I, going, and I think they think that also. I think it's a matter of them getting some additional support from Suzuki possibly and maybe needing to kind of meet some of whatever those requirements are, you know, before they kind of sign anybody. Yeah. And- so, I'm hoping I'm I'm one of them, but it's just kind of a waiting game for me. Yeah, this so, this yeah. is typical for you at this point in the, like the last well, I don't know what six seven <laughs> years now. It's like last minute yep. every year, um, and that's what that's what sucks. You know, I kind of told them, you know, it's a little bit like kind of frustrating or a bummer, yeah. or whatever you call it, because I thought like okay, back in April, like we we just I felt like we worked good together and and everything was good, and, and I still think that they think that. I'm not saying that they 
wide or something like that. But I just was like, man, it's going to be so nice to just, I have a little time off. I'm healthy. I'm prepared. I'm training my butt off. And I'm like more motivated than ever to go do it. And it would be so helpful to me to be on the same thing in the same program. And probably the bike would be even better, you know, but I feel like I do the lineup at A1 now with the same setup I had this year and be light years ahead of where we started last year. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, man, I just, I want that opportunity and I want to go race and I'm hungry to race. And, you know, I just, I want it to work out. I don't want to have to come up with another plan and start all over again or whatever. So I told them that. I hope it works out. You know, I hope I can be a part of it. Right. And uh, kind of just waiting to see, I guess, now. Yeah. So. Going in last year, you know, again, it, it was the second year for the team, but it was really a whole new team almost, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, at A1, you guys had the exhaust issues, and it was just like, yeah. So, yeah, I can totally see where you'd be in a lot better place now. Uh, let's change gears yeah. for just yeah. a second. Um, yeah. You just recently, you posted on Instagram, you went back in and had a uh, follow-up surgery finally to remove some scar tissue from your throat from when you had a trach back in what, 11, I think. Um, yep. How did that go? Did it help you? Cause you had mentioned that you were, you know, have struggling to breathe, I think at night or, or having some restrictions and that's, did you notice a big yeah. difference? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's definitely been helpful. Um, so just to, for people listening that maybe don't know, and I had to learn this obviously, but your vocal cords are kind of like a V shape. If you took like your, you know, your pointer finger and your middle finger and you put them together and spread them apart, that's basically what your vocal cords look like. Okay. So, you know, take your pointer and your middle finger, and you open and close them. You know, that's what your vocal cords do. So when you speak and talk, you know, you're, they're closed together, and they vibrate on each other. And that's what produces the sound when we talk. And when you breathe, they spread apart and open up to allow, you know, airflow to go through your trach. So... And this is the Science Corner with Kyle Chisholm. Yeah, <laughs> You know you're getting this. Yeah. This is, this is additional. Order. Right. Anyway, it's a bonus. So it's basically, they're on like a, I think it's like a little joint basically that opens and closes your vocal cords. Well, when I had that injury back in 2011, they emergently had to drape me because I was bleeding a lot and almost wasn't going to make it. So they shoved that thing down there. I was on it for like, uh, I think like a week and a half or a week or something like that before they had to take it out. And basically, they damaged my vocal cords mm-hmm. when they did that. And that, you know, basically, think of it like scraping it or cutting it, and then scar tissue is going to form, you know. And, and I was stuck like that for a week, you know, that when that thing was in there. So basically, just formed scar tissue. And like anything, any part of your body that you hurt, whatever, forms scar tissue. It, it would limit the amount that I could open and close my vocal cords. So, so again, for those that, don't know, oh, why does he talk like that? My vocal cords won't close all the way because that's why I can't talk that loud because they, they're together enough that I can talk that yeah. but like they're not getting a good connection, basically. But then the flip side, when I would breathe, they also weren't open all the way like they're designed to. Sure. So for me, breathing, so I, as you can tell, I can't really talk any differently, but the point of the surgery was to help me to breathe better. So the scar tissue they removed, um, it's just allows my vocal cords to actually open like they're supposed to. And then it's a, a, a very, not as much, this is the third time I've had this surgery, oh, okay. by the way, since the injury. So I've kind of always kept it quiet. I haven't really said anything. Um, but I had it initially in 2011. I had a follow-up one in 2012 
when I wrote for the Jeff Ward team, on the week off during Supercross, oh, wow. I actually flew, flew to New York, had the surgery, and then was back riding, you know, the next week, you know, racing. And I never liked to warn anybody. I didn't want, uh, not that I didn't want people to know, but I don't know, you know how it is in this sport, you know, yeah. whatever. So I haven't had it since 2012. Okay. And I just really noticed probably, really honestly, the last probably two or three years that my breathing just, it, I'm really struggling, you know, when I get in that high heart rate. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, whatever. So I'm like, the last two, three years, I've wanted to go get it done. But like you said, I've always been like last minute trying to get stuff together and just never really had a good time. So this year, not doing outdoors, I'm like, I'm going to get it done. And, you know, whatever. So it's not as noticeable as the very first surgery, but way better than where I was at this, you know, this year. Yeah. So good. I'm, I'm hoping it, it will help me a little bit. Just, I feel like it kind of put a ceiling on my fitness and I bust my butt. I work hard, but sometimes like, man, I just, I literally, I can't catch my breath. And the best way to describe it is literally like breathing through a straw. So go sprint a mile and just, you know, have a straw, you know, duct tape your mouth and just breathe out of that. Right. You know, that's like what it's like. So, um, so yeah, definitely, definitely feel better from Good. that and just been training with my dog. And again, that's another part of like the, for next year, I'm just like, I started in a really good place, you know, personal life and just with that getting done and the year that we had. So I'm just really looking forward to the to next year. So yeah, just hoping, hoping everything works out with all those things. Me too. You know, kind of mixed together. Of so. course. All right. I got two more things for you. Um, yeah. Monster Energy Cup is uh, not this weekend, but next. I know Hep's planning on being there. Are you going to be part yeah. of that? <laughs> well, you, I'm sure this is normal for me for you to hear, but I don't know yet. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. It's I haven't run any Supercross. I've only been riding outdoors. I don't yeah. have Supercross suspension right now. So, and I know it's not a full-on Supercross track, but it's still you know Supercross. Sure. So I've only been riding outdoors. To be honest, I didn't even know if they were going to end up racing because of, you know, like I said, about a month or so ago. Yeah. When there's like, ah, not that, not that I don't take it as, as they meant. They don't know if they're going racing. But say a month or so ago, they're like, hey, we're not sure what we're doing next year. Sure. As far as like, we just don't know the full, the for sure plans. They're going racing, but not knowing the plans. Yep. So since about a month ago, I'm like, okay. And then they, we never really talked about Monster Cup. Recently, originally we always planned on it, but then when that came up, I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're not racing. And then Dustin last week was like, hey, here's the link to sign up. And I'm like, so are we racing? Or not racing? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I haven't been been riding. Like, well, we're going to go. But if you want to race, you, know, you can come race. And I'm like, well, let me figure it out. I just, for me, I kind of like, I really wanted to have my deal done before the race, you know, before I already expected it to be done. So I'm kind of like, I'm not really prepared because I, I kind of thought, well, maybe they're not, maybe we're not racing. And so I haven't really been riding super fast. With that said, I think I could ride enough in the next week to, to go race. So I'm kind of deciding that okay. in the next day or two, what I'm going to do and kind of what they want me to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they kind of left it up to me, but okay. I, I don't know. There, there's a, there's a big money race at WW in Florida. Oh, there you the go. Same weekend. So I'm going to be racing one way or the other. Okay. It's just, am I going to be there racing or in Florida racing? Yeah. Up there, you know, Jacksonville doing that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just, I always feel like that race is kind of the, the first race of the new season. Everyone's on the sure. new bikes or whatever. And then guys that don't race are guys that don't have their deals done. Yep. So I'm like, 
I don't feel like if I go out there and like, unless I win or something, like, it's not like it's going to benefit me to go out there and do good. And if I'm not ready, why go out there unprepared? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Testing or doing anything. Right. So I'm like, I, I would like to be, if it was up to me, I would have been testing, you know, two months ago. You know, I've been running a super house for the last two months, but, you know, it's kind of just out of hold. So okay. I might go race. I even told them I'll come out and sign autographs or something, you know, if they want me to. So, so we're kind of, we're kind of figuring that it's out. Up in there. You know, have it figured out by this weekend. So I don't know if I'm going out there next week or not. Okay. And, uh, I think I'm going to plan. Uh, but I, I would like to. That's what I want to be. Yeah. If, if I can make it happen. Well, that's so, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So the very last thing is just a compliment or a, a comment. I hope you take this as a compliment and not me being disrespectful, but I'm just gonna say, if you <laughs> yeah. don't file Kyle Chisholm on Instagram, you need to, and you need to look at the po- the last post he made, because, dude, Brittany is fire. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Dude, that was a great pick. Yeah, was, yeah we had, like, probably our first time being away from those kids. Yeah. You know, whatever, not having one of them with us. I went down to an LS2 uh, meeting in Miami um, for a couple of days, I think like two or three days. And I went down there just for, like, a, one of their uh, dealer you know, meeting stuff that they, that they do for the helmet company. And I went down there and spoke, you know, for a couple of days and hung out with those guys. And cool. yeah, we had a couple, couple of days to actually go out and be like a normal couple and, <laughs> yeah. and whatever. Right. But away from the kids. So yeah, that's well, all good. It was a, it was a, yeah, that, I was scrolling through the pictures. I saw that today. <laughs> I was like, whoa, got to go back. But, uh, yeah, all right, Kyle, man, I'm going to let you get back to your workout. Um, really, really appreciate you taking some time for us. And uh, look forward to seeing what happens in 2020. No matter what it is, I hope for good things for you. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully it all works out and we'll be out there racing. Okay. I, was, I don't know if you saw my one post, too, by the way. I, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know better, better than I do. But I think this will be like my third decade, not saying for 30 years, but the third decade I've raced in. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know what, the, a decade is like from... 2000 to 2009 is one, and then sure. 10 through 19 is the next one, and then 20 and on. So I'm like, that'd be just kind of a cool thing for me to be like, man, I raced in three different decades, you know, as a professional, you know, whatever. So, yeah, so yeah I'm kind of looking forward to this year. And yeah, no, it's uh, old, getting old. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, it's crazy because I'll be 32 in December. So, like, this will be my, my year as a 32 year old racing you know, just before the season, and uh, I still, it's, I don't, maybe there's something wrong with me, just like <laughs> some people look at Brayton and Chad and all that, and I'm like, I I don't feel like I'm 32. Right. My body does sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So like mentally, whatever, I'm like, gosh, I can't wait to go race. Like, I want to go race. Yeah. Whatever, so I'm like. I know that feeling. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm 44, so. and it just, in the last couple of years, started, I noticed, like, a difference where, okay, now I'm starting to feel old. Like, you know, a couple yeah. of years ago, I was like, I still feel like I'm 20. Like, it does, it feels like it was a couple of weeks yeah. ago, you know. So, yeah, I know where you're at. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. I'm going to let you go here in a second, but don't hang up. Yeah. I'm going to stop this recording. Okay. I need to get the uh, the X brand drop so that I can. Oh, yeah. So, but we'll uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. And, yeah. uh, guys, we're going to go to commercial break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep 
grit, and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. I wear fly wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Okay, we are back with our last guest of the night. He is brought to you by Cherby's USA. 
For decades, Acherby's has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. Acherby's has what you need. So get, visit acherbysusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440, and Brian and the crew will take care of you. On the phone with us, Mr. Matt Winters, who is Shane McElrath's mechanic, joined Star Racing Yamaha this year. What is up, Matt? Hey, what's happening? How are you guys? Doing good, man. Doing real good. Um, well, let's uh, let's jump right into it, man. You guys are at pretty much one of the elite teams. Not that TLD wasn't, but these Star Yamahas are bad. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say that the Star Yamahas are probably the baddest bikes out on the track, and it's good to good to be back there with them. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, what is it like for a mechanic? I mean, motorcycles are motorcycles to a degree. But when you change from one bike to another, you may change it from a steel frame to an aluminum frame, a uh, forward-facing engine to a rear-facing engine, it seems like there's a lot, um, lot, probably a big transition learning period. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a there's definitely a big difference, you know, between the Austrian bikes and the Jap bikes. But luckily for me, I, I had already been at Star uh, previously with Cooper Webb Cooper, for yeah. a few years. So, and... Um, in 2014, when they had the new bike come out, it's still pretty much the same bike, just minor tweaks here and there. So it's not like I was completely starting fresh going back to going back there. Yeah, like some things are still pretty familiar. It's just it's like man, I, I had every bolt on the kitchen memorized where it went. <laughs> right and now, like I'm building, or I, I've got all the bikes built now. But like the first thing, I'm like, man, like where's this go? Where's this go? I'm like, I'm, yeah, I gotta but, get refreshed with it. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's been good. I got a pretty good refresh. We built a bunch of sail bikes and championship bikes, so I kind of, kind of got my feet wet again. There uh, you right go. Off the bat, Heck so. yeah, yeah, that's really cool, man. Um, so you talked about like your history a little bit. You that you worked with Cooper Webb, but let's go back farther. Just the early days of you know Matt Winters as a kid. You know when when did your interest in mechanics of any kind come from? Was that from riding dirt bikes yourself or you know, uh, yeah, I guess it, it came from riding dirt bikes a little bit, like, but like my family, they all kind of grew up in like the, kind of like the car industry, like with my grandfather had a, an auto body and towing business. And so when I was a kid, I was always just running around there raising hell and just working on stuff with him and just kind of watching him and always working on stuff, whether it be my darn little pedal bike or lawnmower <laughs> yeah like whatever we had on that property and like i'd be in just in the shop just watching and hanging out with pop just working and like I, so i've always kind of had like a, a mechanical background i would call it and then um and then in high school actually i did auto and auto body and collision and i, I was actually kind of thought i was gonna go that route just like with the family business and all that but my grandfather ended up selling it and then so i was like well there goes that <laughs> change of plans yeah exactly and then um and then i just started watching motocross on tv actually like no one in my family raised or had any interest in bikes and i just started watching it on tv i'm like dude this stuff is awesome and then that's cool we'd go to we'd go to bud's creek like i'd beg my mom like take me to bud's creek um like, hey, can, like, so we can go watch, and, dude, I'd just be hanging out in the pits watching everyone work. And actually, uh, I became friends pretty good with uh, Ben Talent's mechanic, Craig. Okay. And I was like, dude, like, how can I, 
how can I like get in? He's like, dude, just just go learn under someone. Like go, like just start working on stuff. So that's what I did, and then and then um, my senior senior year of high school actually did um, like I graduated early, and I worked at a dealership um, for the last half of the year as a mechanic. mechanic Yep. Uh, no, just as a parts guy. Okay. But one of the me- one of the mechanics there actually, he at the time was working for uh MB1 Honda, Mike Batista's Honda team. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. And and he was flying back and forth on the weekends, like going to races, and he'd come back and work at the dealership. And he saw that I was interested in it. Cause I'd always be up in the service department, hanging out and just just watching and talking to the boys and. And so he, Shane actually kind of took me under my wing. He's like, dude, you just want to like start coming to the local races with me? Like, like you can just go run tires or Dunlop, like do whatever you want. So he actually started taking me like to Bud, High Point, wow. City. And dude, I just I would do whatever I could: go run tires at Dunlop, wash bikes, put air like air filters, whatever, whatever he'd let me do, I'd do it. And then yeah, just kept evolving from there. Eventually, did a arena cross with some guys or actually i went to mmi before that okay and then i finished that and then i uh, went to a suspension school and then started doing arena cross with a couple of buddies uh with tommy bright and then um it just kept working my way up i guess you could say it 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 sounds like you may be the first we have a lot of mechanics on because it's very it interests us a lot and uh, you may be the first mechanic that we brought on that wasn't like, well, one day I figured out I wasn't fast enough to make it pro. <laughs> right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like very few guys aren't the, I couldn't make it pro, so I decided to be a mechanic. You straight decided that's what you wanted to do from the beginning, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like I raced like a little bit locally back home, but like I never had like ambitions of, like, oh, I can go pro. I'm like, dude, I was terrible. I was just doing it just because I love their bike. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. So that, was, that never once crossed my mind to go <laughs> and try to make a career and waste a bunch of money doing that. So. You you fit in with us. That's We were like, yeah. well, we suck at riding, so why don't we I'm start great, a podcast? Man. I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm, I'm faster than Hal. <laughs> yeah, faster. Yeah. Hal, uh, Hal, Hal doesn't even really race. Hal doesn't really like even race. He just puts money into his bikes and puts all this tie stuff on. Then he takes it off and changes it. And then he builds yeah. a $60,000 Sprinter van. Then when the big race comes up, he's like, oh, I got to go out of town for work. So my <laughs> job made me miss the race. I mean, whatever, Hal. Yeah, yeah guys... no, he's been, he's been sending me photos of a new box and yeah. stuff that he's done. Like, Man, I think badass. I, was, I wish we had that, actually. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's like, damn, that's cooler than some of the factory uh, box bands back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, so exactly. We got to get him to wrap it with a Moto X pod. He he put on Instagram, you know, wanting to know if he should leave it wrap it or leave it blank. And I was like, yeah, wrap that thing with our logo. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I told him I was like, keep it white, keeps it, makes it look clean, just nothing, nothing on it. But yeah, one of y'all's logos would be. Yeah, cool. I'd be down. Yeah, that, that's okay. As long as it's not that KTM crap, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, uh, Matt, back to you, man. So. You started doing this, you know, amateur stuff and helping out. Um, how does it transition? I know at some point you start working for Cooper Webb in his amateur days. Um, was that sort of like a first big break, or or what? How do you what do you consider that? Um, yeah, I'd say that was like a that was for sure a major break. Like at that time that the at, that the Cupio came up, I was working um, down at South the border for that Jimmy Weiner team. Yeah, and that was uh, I think this was maybe 2012. I think. Okay. And then um, 
Yeah, so the one guy there, Ryan Schaefer, he, he pretty much just, like, saw how hard I was working and stuff like that, and he was like, he was like, look, I have a job for you if you want it, and it's for a coop, actually. And I was like, hell yeah, like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny What's funny about that is in 2009, Cooper's dad called me Bob, and he was like, hey, do you want this, like, like I, we, we've heard about you, do you want, to, want this job? And I was like, yeah, like, of course, that would be awesome. But, like, after I thought about it, I'm like, dude, like, I'm just not ready yet. Like, oh, give wow. me a few more a few more years, and I was like, man, I'll be good. Because, like, I didn't want to take take that job. I knew I wasn't quite ready yet and just dive straight into it. Have it go bad. So, yeah, exactly, and have it go bad and then, and then blow my good opportunity. So I was like, I need to keep just working up a little bit, get more experience, and then... That, and then it just so happened to come uh, got offered to me again. I was like, "Yep, let's let's do it. We're ready now." So, so you you were with him through the end of his amateur career. Um, now you you didn't work with him. Well, you did work with him in the pros for a little bit, right? But then you yeah left at the probably the worst time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I started working for him at the end of his super mini career and. This was right before Monster Cup in 2012 or 13. Okay. This was kind of like when 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 he didn't have a ride. So we we'd flown out to California and tested a, a couple different bikes, and we were riding a KTM Super Mini actually, and we thought we were gonna go that route, and then um, things kind of went weird there. Like they didn't really have like a like a pro team like lined up straight away like the, they had the factory team with kenny and marv and i think dunge at the time yeah or maybe it was a lefty okay and like there were there was like no in there and the jdr team was kind of going away so there was no like guaranteed pro deal and geico had picked up picked um i think either zach bell or brashelia over coop and yep. then yep and then um he actually had a star offer and i think he turned it down because it was like i think uh, maybe they had thought their Geico deal was gonna happen, and then once nothing happened with KTM or anything, we called Bobby back and said, "Hey, you still got that offer?" And he's like, "Yeah, like let's do this." Like, but I just signed Jeremy, Jeremy Martin like a few days ago, so we went to Minio's on Bone Stop Yamaha's that we had for like a week and went down there and won a few titles, and then and then yeah, long story short, it was I went to Star with him when he went pro. Yep for the outdoors in 2013 and I was there in 13 and then the whole year of 14 and we won a few races got a couple podiums and then and the year KTN made me an offer to come over there and I'm like dude like this is sick going to a factory team like that's what I wanted and yeah. I was like I did that and then so I went over there and did that hard to pass up a deal uh, you, yeah going to factory KTM you worked for Dino Unfortunately, that's when uh, Webb won his three championships. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but like we were just interviewing Kyle Chisholm a little while ago, and sometimes things just aren't meant to be. Um, yeah. You know, it's, you know, you you went on to work for Dino for a little while. Um, and, you know, now you're working. You work. You filled in for Marv when Marv mm-hmm. got his first win ever at Dallas. That was awesome. I mean, yeah, that was really. You cool. can always hold that over Frankie's head. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. But uh. So tell me so far, what's the highlight of your career? Um, Do you have one? I'd say the highlight, maybe the first one was Coop, just because of how much me and him went through together. Okay. Like, just, like we like kept 
you know, we kept both working hard. Like we went, we went, we didn't have a ride, and then we got signed on the star. And I mean, me and him were like brothers, so to get that yeah. first first win was pretty special. Well, that's that's cool that you guys are so tight. So, what do you think about you know what were your reaction when he won that title last year? You know, at the beginning of the year, um, he wasn't very confident. Clearly, uh, I mean, we talked to him a few times. Yeah. Um, he had had a couple rough 450 years, and then all of a sudden he got that that first win, and then the second win, and like I think it might have been at Dallas where there was like I just felt like there was this click in his personality where he was like, mm-hmm. I'm one of the guys now, and I'm sure that you're still in communication with him. I mean, but what was it wa- like watching him win that championship, being as that you guys were tight? No, it was really cool. Like I always, a lot of people said, "Oh, he's done, he's done," but I'm like, dude. That kid doesn't go out and dominate the lights class and win three championships, and it's a fluke. Like right, once it once the kid gets confidence, he's got to be dangerous and he's got to be good. And he's one of the few kids that, or shoot, he's not not a kid anymore, but one of the few guys that he's a racer. Like, and he has so much heart that I'm like that not a lot of these guys have. Like, he has the heart and the grit, and you can't teach that. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And then, and once and once he gets a little bit of confidence, like he gets his first two wins, and then he beat Kenny, I think, in Dallas. Yep. And then, and then, like you said, I think that's when everything clicked, and he was like, "All right, like I'm the man now." Right. Let's yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to you, and uh, like right now, you've been with Shane. Um, at you were at Troy Lee. Uh, how many years were you? Have you been? How how long have you been working with Shane? Um, I started with Shane in 2018. Okay. So I did 2018 and 2019 with him at, uh, at TOD. And, and how's that relationship like? Are you guys pretty tight, like friends off the track? You guys click really uh, well? Yeah, we're, we're really tight. That was kind of part of the deal with this, with the star deal. I was yeah. like, I was like, look, like, I'm like, you're going to end up going to star, but you make sure that I can, I can go with you. And that was like before. <laughs> Before anything got signed, or even before the first talks, Wolfstar, like me, me and him already kind of had an idea what was get, what was gonna happen. Yeah. Like, look, I'm going with you. I want to go <laughs> and just make sure I can go. And he had his first meeting, and he asked them, and they said, "Yeah, no problem." That's so, good. Yeah, I always, you know, I don't know how the inner workings of that stuff works. I know that we talked to Brandon Zimmerman. Um, few months back and before the ac deal was completely finalized and he's like yeah i know adam wants me to go with him i hope i get to go with him and that didn't work out he's not you know brandon didn't get to go yeah so and, yeah. and that's probably a big difference going from a 250 team to a 250 team as opposed to a 250 team to a factory 450 team there's probably a huge difference in politics but it's really good that shane can have you come along with him when you guys have a bond and um and it sounds like shane's really happy with uh the yamaha yeah, no, he's uh he's really happy. We've been on it um maybe like a week now. Yeah. We couldn't ride it till October first and then we rode it three days that week and then uh we've ridden it twice this week so far and dude he hasn't touched a, a single clicker, which Really? Yeah, like it's crazy. He was like like all year we were just clicking around doing this, doing that. It was a nightmare. And then and then the suspension guy actually at Star he's like, How is this guy? I was like, dude, once he gets comfortable he won't touch a thing, and and he and he's actually I think pretty shocked that I was correct. Correct, like, yeah, yeah. That's cool. No. What's that team? I mean, that team seems like it's um obviously it's a pretty dominant team at this point. Uh, it's become one of the elite teams. But having a guy like Will Hahn, um, you know, 
you probably haven't had a lot of time. I don't know if you've had any time around David Villeman yet working with Dylan Ferrandez. I don't know what the dynamic is practicing right now, but um, I think that team overall is going is just probably a really good work environment. Yeah, no, it's really good. Like, and especially with Will there now, because and having Will, he's an ex racer and yep. an ex champion, so you know Will knows what he's talking about. So we're some guys that they've never they don't have any accomplishments to their names and but Will's been there he's been through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows so I feel like he knows everything really I mean I don't mean it to like <laughs> he's been through it bad, all though yeah he's been through it yeah, so yeah exactly and then um no the the team dynamic was good like Shane trains us uh, Gareth Swanepoel so it's uh, Shane Colt Nichols. Uh, Justin Cooper and the two amateur kids, and they they all do everything together. Gym, oh cool, the motos, like everything's done as a team. So it's kind of it's really good. And all the mechanics, we all get along. Hey guys, yeah, so that's good. Yeah, the only thing with that team that I have a little bit of, I don't know if it's concerned, but it, it feels like there's a little bit of tension between Justin and Dylan, um, stemming from the end of the nationals last year. And maybe even some stuff in Supercross, but mainly the end of Nationals and then the whole number 14 situation, uh, I think Justin was a little bit upset about. I hope for the team's sake, you know, and the rider's sake, that, that it gets taken care of and, there's, you know, they can handle that. And that's all, of course, falls under Will's job. Um, but, man, you guys are just going to have – it's going to be hard to beat your team next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, hopefully hopefully everyone has a good year, you know. And yeah. To have the numbers – 12, 13, and 14 on your team is Heck yeah. pretty cool. I don't think anyone before has had that, so that's pretty, pretty good accomplishment for the right. Place. Well, give me before we let you go, give me some predictions. Um, where, where Shane finish A1? <laughs> I know it's a long way uh, off. It's still early, but just come on. Give me a prediction. Realistic. Yeah. Man, no, you can't put me on the spot like that. I, Top, if, pod, does he podium? Well, we don't. Even, do we even know? Do we know that he's racing A one yet? Do we know if it's West or East? Yeah, I don't know. We might show up to what? What's the first East Coast? Dallas? Maybe? No, the week two, which is uh, no, no, that's a West Coast. Week two is yeah, West Saint Coast. Louis is a West. It's a West Coast. It, St. Louis, yeah. isn't it? No, it's a it's a West Coast though. Week two is a, they're oh, all I West. It, I thought it, no, but they changed it this year. I thought. No, it's it's a West Coast. It's, okay, it's in the middle of the country, but it's a West Coast round. So the first one, yeah, I think, is Dallas. I okay. I think all right. I'm not going to argue, but either way, <laughs> round. So, well, let's just say his first round. I mean, you feel like pretty comfortable. He's podium material, though, right? Shane's on fire. I don't. I I feel pretty comfortable, but he's going to make the main event. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> all right. Okay. Whew. You are not a high stakes kind of guy. <laughs> no, I don't want to jinx myself. Fair he'll enough. Make, fair he'll enough. He'll make he'll make the main he'll make the main event and he'll do good. Okay. Have a, I like it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Matt, give me before we let you go. I want one good um, traveling road story from a mechanic. You guys have tons of fun on the road. I know you got you find ways to blow off steam. <laughs> and then I want you. Well, do give me that one first, and I'll ask you the second question. Um. Well, I had one. Okay. This is when we we're, we're driving to the Nationals in 2012 with the South Dakota team uh, in the box, and there's like, shoot, probably seven or eight, eight of us piled in that thing. And we're going from uh, Millville to Washougal. And long story short, I got the graveyard shit, and I fall asleep. Uh-oh. And everyone wakes up, and I'm still sleeping against the window, and we're in the, in the grass in the median. <laughs> 
So pretty much, long story short, is almost killed everyone in the. Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay, that that's a good story. So they run more strips and they haunt me a little bit. <laughs> wow. Whew. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a the graveyard shift is rough because it's hard to sleep during the yeah. day when everybody else is awake bullshitting. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not cool, man. They did you wrong like that. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. What's the thing that Shane's most picky about on his bike? Uh, I'd say just balance, like balance with suspension. Yeah. He wants uh like he doesn't ever want the bike to be like stink bug, like front and low. Yep. And like. So you need to have like a good balance, or maybe just a a little bit low in the rear. Like he doesn't ever want to feel it high in the rear. Okay. So I would say up until this past year, that's that's been the the big stink about him. Been picky about, I guess. Well, at least yeah. I mean, everybody's got something they're picky about, but that seems like once you yeah. get that thing set, though, he's like you said, he he doesn't touch it. So that's a good thing for you. Makes your job a little easier. Yeah, exactly. Like once he once he's comfortable, you won't. He's so easy too. He's so easy going and so easy on the bike that he, you could set the bars however you want him, however you want him, and do the levers close enough. He's like, "Yep, it's good. It's fun." <laughs> awesome. So, and I think I think that just just comes from like riding a piece of junk bikes like back right. in the amateur days. Right. Yeah. Awesome, Matt. Man, it was really great getting a chance to talk to you for the first time. Um, I you know I'm sure I've seen you numerous times, but didn't know who you were and never introduced myself. So <laughs> I. Uh, I look forward to actually meeting you probably at A1. I think it'd be the, I, I think we plan on being there. So it'd be great to talk to you. And um, I, I like you a lot already, but I, I judge your character as far as your friends go with Hal. But hey, I it, mean, it knocks him down a few notches. Is what just you're a little bit. I mean, just I, a few I don't know, notches. Man. No, no, Hal, Hal's one of, Hal has very quickly become one of my closest friends. He is the yeah. best people. So. No, he's a good dude. He, he always just shoots me random texts all the time. It's good. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you so much, man. I'll let you get back to uh, hopefully getting a little relaxation in before you go back to work tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate you guys having me on. Okay, bud. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks. You too. All right. See you. Like I said, that is Matt Winters, uh, Shane McElroy's mechanic. Clearly, we just talked about that. Um, anything else before we go, TJ? No, he, uh, that was actually pretty cool. I like seeing guys that are coming into the industry because they watch it on TV. Yeah, yeah, that, that so was cool. That yeah. was the most interesting thing <laughs> that I think we that I didn't expect. Because you talk to these riders, or these mechanics, and normally tell us your story. And yeah, and it's generally pretty, cl- pretty, pretty similar. But the same. But the fact that he has such a passion for our sport, yeah, and wasn't like trying to be a pro since he was four years old and all that stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, guys, again, remember the contest. If you want the Cerakoting and you are not a Patreon member, and I'm, I'm trying to catch my breath here. I'm, I'm running out of breath just talking. Uh, <laughs> uh, post a picture of your bike of what you want Cerakoted. It could be clutch side cover, stator cover. Post it on Instagram. Tag at Moto X Pod Show, at Works Wheels and Mods. I promise I won't lose the damn picks this time. If you lose them this time, then I get to win it? No. Ugh. Damn, why do you do that every time? No, TJ, you get nothing. I notice. You'd have more of a chance to get something if you'd be here more often. Oh, is that what it takes? No, not really. That okay. wouldn't work either. Dang it. Uh, and then the Patreon, the Patreon contest, we're going to be giving a bunch of stuff away. So we'd really appreciate it if you'd sign up on Patreon and support us. That's it. That's it? Okay. All right, we're out of here for episode 138. I have no idea when we're doing another show. Maybe next week. Maybe not. We'll see you soon. Take off.